You are listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, the life coach for busy dentists. This podcast explores how to feel better in all aspects of our lives so that we can be our best leaders. If you have been feeling stressed about being the owner of your practice and you want to change what you are getting at work and in your personal life, you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome to another episode of my podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, the leadership coach for busy dentists. And I'm just here to make your life just a little bit easier. I know how hard it is to be a female dentist who owns a practice and do all the things and own the thing and uh, take care of your patients and take care of your family. And I'm a life coach and a general dentist, and I'm just here to try to make your life easier. Today, I had a very interesting conversation with a woman who I would call a mom boss or a lady boss, except some people don't like that term, (laughs) but I think it's great. And her name is Grace Rizza, and she is a marketer for dentists. And I just thought her, um, her perspective on being a business owner is unique and I thought extremely helpful, not only for the free tips on marketing, but also because of the fact that she owns a business and is a parent and sort of how she balances those things. So listen on to hear a very entertaining and well-informed discussion with Grace Rizza. I would like to welcome onto our podcast, Grace Rizza, the owner and the founder of Identity Dental Marketing. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. It's, we are both Midwestern girls. I'm so happy to be talking to someone who also lives among the cornfields. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of nice people in the Midwest. We're known for our manners. So. I agree. Iowa nice is a saying around here. Although sometimes they call it Iowa ice, just depending on who you're talking to. (laughs) I have a joke. Um, How do you know when someone went to Iowa for school? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Are they already? Don't worry, they'll tell you. (laughs) You know, I do have to say, so I also went to Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) I just told you. And um, it's about half people from Chicago. Yeah. There's a lot of people from Chicago that go to Iowa. I think it's actually cheaper for them to go to Iowa out of state than it is to do the in-state thing in Illinois. Maybe. Or maybe just better beer and football. There's a plenty of beer in Iowa City. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the football is strong, so yeah. yeah. Well, I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, I'm excited too. I I follow you on Facebook, but I don't know like your story. Like how did you get to this point where you're like this boss mom? Like, you know, tell us. Thanks. Um, and I follow you as well. And I'm excited that we got to connect. Um, so I was about 20, well, I graduated college in uh, 2007 and the economy was pretty much plummeting. I thought I was going to work at some big fancy ad agency and no one would hire me. So my dreams were crushed, but I didn't give up. And I just, you know, I I had the mindset of I'm going to work wherever I can. And I ended up being really blessed in finding a position in a dental practice doing their marketing. And at the time, you know, everybody was 
you know, financial in the, in a financial crisis. And I was growing this practice and I knew nothing else because it was my first experience out of college, like my first grown up job. And in a, just a few short months, I had tripled new patient flow. I slashed the marketing budget. I just got really obsessed with dentistry and marketing dentistry. And, you know, that's when I first found my, my, Dis- dislike for the tooth logo and what it <laughs> represents. And, and so that's when I became like on a mission to like change dentistry and make, make the world appreciate dentistry. It was like, has always been my mission. And so from there, you know, I was in that role for a couple years, learned a ton and forever grateful for that opportunity. And then at the ripe age of 24, I started identity dental marketing and my family was just boggled like, what are you doing? You have, you know, two years of working experience and um, no one's a dentist in our family. So none of us can help you. What are you doing? You're out of your mind. And I was like, okay, watch me. And it's been year over year, the most fulfilling decision that I've ever made. I love my life. I love my career and I love being a part of dentistry. So yeah, it's been fun. Well, I'd like to hear more about your owning of your business because a lot of my listeners also own businesses. And like, I know we've talked about this before. It, it tends to live up here in between your ears and it's hard to relax when you're the one who has to pay the salaries and the rent and all that stuff. So as we're talking today, I'd love to hear what that's been like for you to create this thing out of nothing except for your dreams and, and and go from that to where you are right now. Like, how did you know that this would become something that people would pay you for? You were just a baby still when you. So I had like, I had created a brand for becoming, I was actually considering becoming a personal trainer at the same time that I was starting the dental marketing company. And I was kind of like feeling out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. And thank goodness I didn't become a personal trainer because I don't even like working out. Like it's, (laughs) it didn't end up being for me, but I think the most important part of anyone's business journey is to embrace the challenge. Like if you see the challenging moments in business as exciting and fun, you, and it sounds crazy, but it's truly how I, it's truly how I face business. Like I'll be engaged in like, Ooh, my first lawsuit. I'm like, yeah, this is super stressful, but then my next one's going to be so much easier because this is just a part of it. Or when, when this tragedy of COVID hit, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been reading business books for years. I'm so ready for a challenge. Like, how am I going to crush this? And the world around me is crumbling, but I'm like excited for the challenge. And of course, like I had my moments too, like where just as everybody else, where I was like, really wait, how am I going to do this? (laughs) Like I need a, I need a break. I need a nap. Like I need to shut down and then I could try again, but it's fun to, to see these challenges as what happens before a growth spurt. That's what happens before a growth spurt. And so mindset I think is the difference between feeling trapped by your career and feeling empowered by your career. I absolutely agree about that. In fact, there's something that I'm always telling my clients, which is that discomfort is the price of your dreams. 
And so when you get into that uncomfortable place, know that that's where you're going. That's, that's your path to where you want to go. And I absolutely agree that what is happening in your mind completely manifests itself in your business. So if you manage your mindset, then your business follows and it's more fun and you make more money. Mm -hmm. And so each new thing, you know, you, your, your next challenge is going to be even, even worse. So you better enjoy it. You better find a way to enjoy it because it's not going to ever just be like simple or you're not growing. And maybe that's okay for some people, but I, I tend to really love the challenge. So. Yeah. So that's how you got where you are today. You're like, yes, let's take on this challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. We just opened an office in Tampa. I don't know why. I mean, I think it's because being in the Midwest, we want to get the heck out in the winter. And so I'm like, oh, I'll have to go to Florida to train my Florida team. Right. So that'll, that's going to be a fun challenge. Maybe a mistake. Maybe not. I mean, your kids are kind of small. <laughs> it might be hard to get down there, but you're probably pretty close to the airport, aren't you? I'm very close to the airport. And I've actually traveled alone with my kids. And I, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen though, is they're going to be in middle school and then you can't take them with you because they can't miss class. But hey. Darn. <laughs> You know, sometimes a couple days away from the kids, it gets them to appreciate you a little bit more. So I agree. I've yeah. traveled so much in the past couple of years that now when I'm leaving to go on a trip, my kids are like, bye. And they're looking at their phones still, <laughs> not even like really acknowledging the fact that I'm leaving the state. But yeah, ours, I have a three day limit so I can go to any event or do anything, but I don't. I don't leave them for more than three days. So they are always know they're pretty young. I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. They always know that in three wake-ups, mom will be home. And then I also, I sometimes schedule to send them like treats or goodies or surprises when I'm gone mm -hmm. so that they relate like new and exciting with mom traveling. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just spoiling them or if it works, but. I don't know, but I know there's a lot of moms listening to this um, podcast and they can put that in their little, you know, tucked away because all of us have got to travel for our CE and we all feel kind of bad about leaving the kids, you know, but um, if you can turn it into something that's reassuring and maybe fun, like you said, then I think that's a really good idea. It's helped me tremendously. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, the, it's, it's interesting because we were talking before this too about how can marketing be something that, you know, helps us to relax? Like, how can it, how can it actually decrease our stress instead of being a stressful experience? Yes. And um, because that's where I live. That's what, that's what I do is I, I market dental practices. Um, when it works, when you figure out your mix of things that work, it becomes predictable for you. And I think until your marketing input and output becomes predictable. It's just stress and risk. So before you even try it, it just feels too big, too stressful. Um, but then once you figure out what your program is and what it is predictably producing for you, then it, it actually is a big weight lifted. It's the kind of thing where, okay, if I put in X, 
I'll get why. And it, it helps. Okay, I have a comment about that because yeah. I have to say with regards to my dental practice, so not talking about coaching, but the dental stuff, one of the things that makes me feel the most stressed about marketing is that I know that you're supposed to measure the results. I'm not going to measure. I don't know how to measure the results. And so all I have to go by is this like ominous cloud feeling in the back of my head where I'm like, I don't think it's working. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, and there's, there's a lot of marketing companies who will like tell you they're tracking, but really they're kind of like embellishing a little bit or they're putting their tracking numbers on everything so you really can't tell, well, is this an organic lead or is this an actual marketing lead? And, oh, this was an existing patient. This didn't come from the marketing. You know, you start to see these inconsistencies. The, the best way to quiet that concern is to delegate to one person on your team that you're going to have a monthly report of how all the new patients heard of you. And they have to tell you what percentage of people every month have been logged. So let's say you have 30 new patients and 10 were word of mouth. You wanna know what patients they, they were referred by. And then you know 20 were from the website, Google, internet, whatever. Um, and, and take it for what it's worth as it comes from the patient. And there's different marketing methods. Like some are more brand building and some are more direct call to action. And so you have to have proper expectations for each type of marketing. But generally speaking, you can, I think you can gain a lot of confidence if you have that accountability with, you know, one person on your team. So when you say brand building and like measuring success, when you're brand building, that's like a slow ramp of being in people's, see, people see you, they associate you with good things. It doesn't necessarily bring you patience tomorrow. So brand building should be a part of every kind of marketing that you do. So for instance, if I am running a high-end fee-for-service practice and I, I put out an ad, say, on Facebook, I shouldn't put out an ad around like a free new patient exam and cleaning because that's not in alignment with my high-end fee-for-service brand. So I don't want to position myself as like a discount practice if I'm trying to attract patients that are looking for like the best like white glove experience. You know what I mean? So really brand building for me is building the reputation that you that you'd like in your community and it should be a part of every marketing method that you do. But some things such as like a billboard per se you're not going to get people typically calling in saying, I saw your billboard in most areas, but they're going to see it every day when they drive to work. And then you become kind of a household name and then they're going to look you up on Google and then they're eventually going to come to you. So you, it's going to lend to new patients, but it's going to be the kind of thing that they don't necessarily mention if that makes sense. So, yeah. So having realistic expectations for each kind of marketing helps but then just having that monthly report will give a lot of confidence behind what you're doing so you talked to me before we started recording about how you think that marketing can make a dentist's life easier and less stressful and i want to hear more about that 
So I, whenever I'm doing a plan, a business plan, marketing plan, I always reverse engineer this a little bit. So I would say, what's like your dream day look like, or what's your dream month even look like? What are you producing? What kind of services are you providing? And how, you know, how many patients would you like for those services? And we can actually create a plan around your ideal day. So let's say you're getting a ton of new patients, but they're not like the most, we'll say just without a filter, profitable procedures. You can put some money into your marketing to just target those bigger cases, uh, maybe some full mouth or some cosmetic or Invisalign. And now you're, you're working smarter, not necessarily harder. So that can help quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just knowing what you're doing with your, mar- knowing that your marketing is working, like you were talking about, I think is the biggest piece. Is you're, so. you're putting money in, you want to see how much is coming out from it. And then you're more comfortable turning it up. Or if you need to dial it back, you should be able to adjust your marketing you know, spend as well based on your needs. If you don't have anywhere to put the patients, you shouldn't be putting a ton into further growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're kind of running into that right now because I want to make space for the new patients. But at the moment, since we're reduced capacity, we're not spending money on marketing because where are we going to put them? And we're starting to like, okay, where could we put blocks for new patients? Because new patients are time consuming. And for a practice like mine, where I'm trying to help people see the big picture, it takes even longer. But like I have this backlog of people who want to see me. So what we're doing, you can tell me if I'm doing it wrong, is starting next month, we have blocked off time in certain areas where like at the beginning of the day where I have time to actually sit down and talk to the new patient you know, and then maybe right after lunch, we're going to just reserve the time. I, I think it's important. Otherwise, sorry about that. Otherwise you end up getting your entire schedule booked with routine care and the profitability of the practices isn't there. And then you're going to run into to bigger problems. So, you know, if, if I had a practice right now, I would be targeting big cases for September. And as I'm talking right now, it's June, it's Mm mid-June. So that's what people don't always realize is there's a lag between when we're creating marketing campaigns and launching them and testing them to when they actually produce. And so you wanna be thinking about what you do in three months. So right now everybody's backlogged and it's a very stressful time, but you don't wanna hit September and not be able to really make up for this COVID situation. And, and I think that's the most efficient way to do it. So. So how do you set up for big cases in September when you're running around fixing this one broken tooth or this person who has a toothache or whatever? So for instance, if you're, if you're confident and you enjoy veneers, you could put together a veneers campaign, an ad campaign and start running it now and start, consults and conversations, even if it's, if you have to do it remote to see if somebody is a candidate, you know, start those conversations now and get those, those 
bigger things in the schedule. Same thing with implants or Invisalign or whatever it is that you're wanting to do more of sleep apnea. Um, you want to start building up the education and the demand for those services now. That makes so sense. you don't have to do it all yourself. You could work with, with a marketing advisor, <laughs> but it shouldn't, it shouldn't take, these things shouldn't take a ton of your time personally. Um, people always ask me that, like, if I'm to get started, how much of my time is this going to take? I'm like, not very much. It should not take very much. That's what you hire someone to do. You want to approve things. You want to be involved enough to feel that the marketing properly represents you and is going to help you achieve your goals. But it shouldn't be like, oh, we can't do this until you provide us these 15 pages of content because it just won't get done. Right. That's, that is definitely a speed bump for my people, my female dentists. We ain't got no time. <laughs> at, least, at least we think we don't. Yeah. We're hurrying. We're taking care of the patients. We're shoving our lunch down our throats and then going back in. And then we're hurrying home to do the other thing in our life, which is be moms and, and you know, take care of everybody. So then when we start thinking, well, yeah, I'd like the results of marketing, but I don't know that I can invest in the time or the dollars. So I'm just like speaking your typical avatar to you right now, aren't I? <laughs> Everybody's different. Everybody's got their thing. Some people absolutely like love their marketing. Once they, once, once it becomes predictable, it's mm -hmm. less stressful. So once you, you manage that initial challenge, mm -hmm. it becomes a lot more like I had someone tell me yesterday, I went out and did a photo shoot. Um, one of my clients has been with me for three, three years or so. And he said, I don't know how I did this without it. Like let everyone else not know how cool this is that we can just like, turn it up, turn it down. He's like, how did I do this without you? Like, I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun when you can pick and choose what you want to do more of. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And then I would say the, the last thing that I'd love to just touch on if it's okay, is that topic of, of running a business and managing family life. Mm -hmm. And I had an epiphany one day, it, it was a Sunday actually, around 3 p.m. and I was working and you know that feeling of mom guilt, I know that feeling of mom guilt is, well, I should be with my family right now. Yes. But two hours on Sunday is going to get me set up for leaving work on time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday because I'm organized, I'm caught up on all like these miscellaneous tasks or whatever. I've got my structure, I've got my peace of mind. So when I start to feel overwhelmed, I just start plugging in two hours on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And my kids barely notice the difference. They honestly don't. Like two hours for them is like their nap, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or whatever. And um, and some people think that's horrible and that's, that's terrible and that's crazy. But I think that the important thing is that you make the rules and that you don't judge yourself based on minutes and hours, but that you place your, your judgment of yourself on the quality of the relationships that you have. And so if, 
the time that you have with your family is quality and you feel like the bonds are strong and you feel like, you know, you're there. It's not about the minutes. And I think that like when I come home from work and things are, are handled and I'm able to be present, I, I feel better. So if I need to work on a weekend to be able to have that for the rest of the week, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. So I know nobody wants to hear like the answer is to work on Sunday. Like I know that's not a fun answer, but I think the message is to not beat yourself up when you do need to solve something or fix something or give some extra time. Yes, I have a super coachy comment about that. Awesome. <laughs> because our feelings come from our internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. Our emotions don't come out of nowhere. And they don't come from what other people are doing. Um, they don't come from what should be. They come from what we're thinking in our head. So when we're having this moment where we're having to balance what we do as a mother and as a business owner, then you can choose to think about it in different ways. You can think to yourself, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be with my children right now. Or you could think, this is how I've chosen to balance my time so that I can be more available for them later. And both of those thoughts generate different emotions. So for all of you out there in podcast land who are listening to this, if you are dealing with feeling guilty about how you spend your time, just look at what you've been thinking to yourself the vast majority of my clients are thinking to themselves things like, I'm the worst, or I'm, I'm bad at this, I'm bad at managing my time, or, you know, uh, and these habits started way before you had kids, just so you know, they started probably in college when you were trying to get into dental school, and you were already beating yourself up for how you were spending your time. So I agree, it's about being kind to yourself. If you can be kind to yourself, then you can enjoy this time in your life and all the challenges that are coming and you can enjoy your baby's first step or your, your kids graduating from preschool or eighth grade, or for me, my kids are graduating from high school these days, you know, and because when I went to dental school, I already had babies and my youngest was born during dental school. So yeah, (laughs) and I did it and I did not feel guilty. And I wasn't a life coach at the time, but my inner dialogue was, this is for them. I am doing this for them. So. And do you think, do you think the kids pick up on your own inner dialogue? Like if you're walking around thinking and maybe slip, it slips out that like, oh, I, I work too much or I feel bad that I'm, I'm always missing X, Y, Z. Then they kind of parrot that back to you. And then you're like, oh, wait, they're, they're actually picking up on my own dialogue. I've seen that happen to me. They absolutely can pick it up because what happens, it's always the same cascade. You have a thought, you have a feeling, the feeling drives your actions. Okay. So if you feel guilty, you're going to act either guilty or frustrated and your kids will absolutely see that. They are the most observant little things, right? They know, they know what you're feeling before they even know how to talk. Mm-hmm. see it in your face, right? So this is another thing you can do. You can say to yourself, I am going to be kind to myself right now, if for no other reason than for my children. Absolutely. They can learn how to be kind to themselves too. Mm-hmm. So, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Well, this has been a super useful conversation. I think both of us learned a couple things. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you for going out on your own when you were just so young and you did it. And now you provide this wonderful service to people. And I just thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, well, and, and if there's any anything I can do to help anyone, I'm happy to do uh, growth planning sessions at no charge. Um, you can email me at grace at identitydental.com. Awesome. We will put that in the show notes. Thank you, Grace. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. To download my free workbook on how better leadership starts with your feelings, go to my website, thelifecoachforbusydentist.com and click on Get Free Help.